Ready for this? Hey everyone, this is Drew and Elijah. We're here on the Think Truth podcast. And today we're going to discuss revivalism and the interesting phenomenon in Asbury right now. So there's this, uh, I would say, little-known college, at least to me. Um, Not necessarily small, but um, at least not necessarily talked about that much. Asbury College, that uh, has popped up in the recent news. You probably, mostly, all of you have heard about it. And uh, it's been fascinating, thinking about it, working through what I I think about um, a phenomenon like that. so we wanted to pick that up in the podcast today and have a, a bit of a discussion on mm-hmm. um, that. But also, I, you know, everyone's been talking about it. We don't necessarily have that much to add to the specific discussion, I would say, about Asbury. Mm-hmm. But the question of what should be our attitude toward revivalism in general? Let's talk about what it is. And as Christians wanting to have a balanced scriptural um, emphasis in our churches, we want to see the, the church build up, built up. Uh, what is the correct approach to viewing these sorts of things? Right. So, yeah, let's jump into that. Um, Drew, what have you been thinking about on on Asbury since hearing about it? Hmm. I honestly don't have a very strong opinion on okay. what's going on. I think, well, I think, and maybe this is going to go to our wider discussion about revivalism, but I think... For me, the question is ultimately what's going to happen. Um, not only what is going on right now, but what is what's going to happen after these these services themselves have ended? Are we going to see change? And I think, in a sense, that's ultimately going to be the 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 way of being able to tell how genuine and how positive this was. Mm-hmm. So before I, before the fact, I don't think we can. Past judgment. It's, I don't know that there's a whole it's, lot it's also of. It's easy enough to say, you know, this is going to be a historic movement. Um, I just kind of think people need to mm-hmm. sort of calm down, right? Um, let things run their course, and if God is doing something um, that's going to result in people getting saved, in a new passion for for missions, that's fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um, if this is just a, an emotional wave of sort of feelings and, uh, you know, I, I sense the spirit moving in this room, but then when you leave, it doesn't really shape, reshape right. your life. I'm not really excited about that, to be honest. Right. Not very anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, to me, it's neither here nor there. Sure. I, how do you view that? I guess the way I view mm-hmm. it is like, if you, if you have a, a personal spiritual sort of encounter with Jesus, or you like realize some deeper sense of God's love or of your, your own uh, need for him, those are good things. Well, especially one's need for, for God. That's a, that's a really mm-hmm. good thing. Um, but it has really limited impact, doesn't it? If it's simply a personal, spiritual kind of... Sure. Mm-hmm. Well, I think possibly, but I, I think almost the, the, the bigger thing I'd raise there is that I think there is a tendency, and I'm sure you probably experienced this at some point in your life, going to Bible school or some kind of a revival meeting or something where you, you go to this place with other people who are responding to altar calls, who are um, giving testimonies or whatever, and you're like, this is so amazing, this is so great. And then it's like you go back home and, and Monday morning, it's like, ugh, I miss that. And it's like, 
like that's almost to me the, the bigger concern with with in general. I'm not speaking necessarily specifically about Ashbury here, but when when events happen that are like that, then I, it kind of seems like there's limited utility to them if it isn't actually something that you know. Are you getting together and being convicted and and recognizing things that help you to see ways you need to change in your life? Mm-hmm. And if so, praise God, and that's that's a fantastic yeah. thing. But if it's simply kind of this overall sense of something positive you feel when you're in the room that when you leave isn't there, then again, it's not necessarily a bad thing, but like, that's like, it's hard for me to get really excited about something that isn't going to actually be producing change in the, in the long term. Yeah. Right. No, I remember being, I think, yeah, I don't know what Bible schools you've been to, but I've been to some Bible schools that are um, actually most of the Bible schools I've went to are more emotions driven and more uh, charity. My church has always had more or less, the charity churches have had more of a revivalist um, mm-hmm. focus, um, fairly emotional and fairly uh, focused on like getting people to a place where they're going to make a decision. Mm-hmm. So altar calls, which of course that's a fairly recent phenomenon, like maybe the 18, 1800s, 1900s right. where that sort of thing came in. And, you know, it's sort of like uh, in, in the 1920s, Billy Sunday had this walking the sawdust trail thing. Right. And everyone is talking about it. And this is a big deal because they had sawdust to keep the noise down in the auditoriums. And if you uh, walked the sawdust trail, it was making a decision. And a lot of people did make good decisions in their life to you know, one of his big things was a anti uh, drunkenness. And so mm. getting them to make decisions to um, in his case, it was to never drink alcohol again. Uh, some people said to, you know, promise to not um, get drunk or whatever. But the point is, like, there were good decisions made, but ultimately it just kind of, it was a fad. I mean, let's mm. be honest, it was a fad. Right. Mm-hmm. And I think the thing with altar calls, too, is it's not based on anything scriptural. It's not an ongoing, um, it's not something that needs to be a, something as a part of our church because it's a part of the gospel or anything. Right. And I think um, while it has some good aspects, the Bible schools that I've been to, I've just noticed, as you mentioned, that often what happens is I have an experience, I feel, um, or I don't have an experience, sometimes that's even worse. Right. But mm-hmm. you're in this atmosphere of like charged energy and feeling like, you know, the spirit is going to, to move and change my life somehow if I'm if I'm open. And in that atmosphere, people, there are people who get saved. There are people oh, yeah. who decide like, mm-hmm. I'm going to give everything to God. And that some of those moments can be really uh, stakes in the ground mm. to say, I'm now I'm following God completely. And I don't want to step on that at all. Um, I think, yeah, that could be a great thing. However, for many of Christians who, um, you know, really weren't dealing with major sin, God wasn't speaking to them very much about something in particular, but they felt like I have to confess something so that I mm. feel like I'm a part of this movement of God. Right. I've been in situations where I actually confess things more out of, I, I confess things like pride and self-righteousness more out of pride and self-righteousness <laughs> right. than anything else. Sure. Um, mm-hmm. Because I felt like I had to be a part of this. Yeah. And I don't think I'm the only person at all who's experienced that. In fact, I know I'm not because right. I, I hear yeah, yeah. other people talking about the same thing. So mm-hmm. I think that's concerning if we feel like we have to, um, to, to sort of do certain things to to mm. get in a certain um, state of mind mm-hmm. to be a part of a revival. And that's one of the problems, yeah. I think, with revivalism. So maybe let's jump from specifically... Asbury, of course, there's interesting things going there. Lots of people are talking about it. We'll let history decide. Right, right. But um, this broader question of what is revivalism? When we use the term revival, what are we talking about? And is this a positive phenomenon? Mm. 
Well, what is it? I guess we should maybe define yeah. what Revival says, or revivalism, or both. Well, what it is revivalism just kind of often isms or just taking the initial concept and to a slightly more of an extreme um, and focusing on it more. Do you think that's the case here, where like revivalism is kind of more of a particularly focused concern or maybe even obsession with the concept of revival? Or yeah, is that not fair? I, yeah, yeah, I think so. It's the idea that, so God chooses to work in many different ways at different times. And um, if I were to put a definition on revival, which there are different definitions, but I would say revival is a time when um, sort of more as a group, people gather mm-hmm. together and confess sin and turn towards Jesus in a in a kind of radical new way. And there's this idea of group cohesiveness, like mm-hmm. at other times, maybe there's not, mm-hmm. of like we're together for the gospel and for the church. And that um, that can be very beautiful, but that doesn't mean that that's always the life of the church or should always be the life of the church. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of times it's, it's much more granular and much more God working in individuals' lives and right. stuff. And so revivalism, I would say, if I were to put a, a definition on it, is that you're taking a certain experience which God sometimes gives to people and you feel like that's normative and that you should really be uh, devastated when your church is not experiencing a certain emotional right. atmosphere. Mm-hmm. I think that's good. Yeah, and I can remember that kind of thing from hearing that kind of thing in my past too. Kind of, you know, God, like, why aren't you sending revival? We need, your people need revival. And, like, again, like, I don't, I think there's part of that that's very positive. Um, But I think whenever that starts to be connected too much to this concept of long emotional church services where people go home late, um, which honestly, I mean, that, I mean, is that a fair thing to I mean, say? Yeah, that's part of it. Yeah. Um, like, it, like eventually, it, it, these things need to be touching our lives mm-hmm. and leading to change. And I think the thing is, whether or not we see, um, you know, let me, let, me, let me try it from this angle instead. If we are individually proactively seeking God and encouraging other people to on a more, on a smaller level, smaller level Mm -hmm. that kind of thing is going to spark some some degree of revival Mm -hmm. if revival is seen simply as god reviving and and helping his church come closer to him and the more that's happening on an individual level within the church the more it's going to affect the church as a whole um but i think what can happen is this kind of this more mystical sense to it where it's like, well, we haven't experienced revival yet. It's almost like this, it's this binary thing where there hasn't been a revival. So we're going to feel frustrated that we haven't had revival. And people have very specific things in mind when they say that it's not right. merely some people turning to God again, but it's actually like a group movement. Right. And so if you don't have everyone on the same page, feeling the same emotions and um, it's absolutely experiential, oh, yeah. experientially based and, um, I mean, this is like standing room only meetings and altar calls that are like flooding things and like call for help yeah, from our counselors. Yeah, um, and it it doesn't really necessarily have to do with. Um, hopefully, it should, but it, revivals more have to do with a certain feeling that you get mm. and a certain like mystical connection sure. to each other and to God than it does with um, church life actually getting uh-huh. better. You know what I mean? Sure. Well, I think like I've never heard revivals. Very, okay, very rarely. Some people talk about, like at charity, some of the revivals that took place um, having resulted in like feeling close to each other and maybe connecting more more on those levels and stuff. 
But often, like the real, the real face of it is not like, let's have a revival so that we can do things for each other more and we can be more connected in each other's lives. No, it's let's have a revival so that we feel like we're, like God likes us again and like we're, mm. um, like we're having this experience that's important for the church uh-huh. in some sense. Yeah, and I think I think what we have to be careful on the flip side with that is I I do think there is a legitimate kind of revival that does follow some of these same patterns where there's a lot of emotion, a lot of crying, genuine repentance. Mm-hmm. People are staying late at meetings, and um, well, I think in my mind, I'm trying to remember if this ever actually happened or if it was just kind of this idea I had as maybe a young teenager that you know like a, a sign that things are really taking off as if like there's a a scheduled speaker who comes to speak for a week of revivals and that's and then he has to stay he has to stay oh, yes. for like another week or something yes. and i was like whoa things are really going on here yep. things are warming up yeah and again it's not like there is never anything positive about mm-hmm. that i feel like more what i would say is if you're not currently experiencing that and you're pining away for that to happen and feeling like your spiritual life isn't going to be fulfilled until that specific kind of thing takes place that's where I'm like, let's wait a, wait a minute here. Doesn't sound help, help, right? Help yeah, and I, that is very much a thing. I've seen that in multiple mm-hmm. church contexts where it's Absolutely. like, you know, well, I don't, we don't have revival. Why don't we see revival? And it's like, well, why don't we like try to do church together a little more focused in the yeah. meantime? And sure, like pray for like more of a greater touch of God. But I think there's, there's also a tendency in it to see it to put make our role more passive than might be helpful. Because mm-hmm. of course we need to rely on God's spirit working in our lives to give us the grace we need to, to walk through things. Mm-hmm. Um, no way suggesting we should try to like try to go out on our own and do things. Mm-hmm. But there's also a sense where if as Christians we want to draw closer to God, we don't just need to like feel frustrated that we aren't having revival. Like yeah. there's there are things we can do and we can take time to, to spend with God every day. We can take time to, and it doesn't need to be with everyone else. We can have our own prayer times. We can delve into the word more. We can be more proactive with how we're reaching out to others. All kinds yeah. of things we can do without like having some kind of a big revival meeting. But if, if we have the idea that we will have the revival meeting and then I'm going to have the inspiration to really be more proactive in the church, I'm not sure that, that I, I don't think that there's much benefit to that kind of thinking. Yeah, and is it worth mentioning that revivalism, revivals even, are not once mentioned in scripture? Mm-hmm. Now, I understand there are times like at after Pentecost where like, 5,000 people were added to the church. Mm-hmm. And maybe one could say, well, that was revival. Sure. Um, so there's like, there's the phenomenon of, of God working in specific ways or like Nineveh or places in the Old Testament times or um, Ezra, um, times when the people of God were suddenly struck with like, as a group of like, whoa, we need to change. Mm-hmm. So I'm not saying like this is not scriptural. Right. But when you think about what the apostles talked about and thought about and saw as church life, mm-hmm. man, I just don't see Paul like getting excited about revivals. Do you? Well, yeah. Like you think of about the, the Corinthians and when Paul writes his letter to them, he's not telling them to just to hope for revival. And then it's going to take care of the, the sin in the church. He's telling yeah, them to exactly. very practically cast out this, this bad guy that's mm-hmm. living this sexually detestable life. Um, and, and first Corinthians 13, where it says, um, basically he's talking about spiritual experiences and he says, yeah, I mean, it's great that you have your spiritual experiences, but remember that you could move mountains. If you don't have love, you're nothing. Mm. Remember that you could have prophetic experiences. If you don't have love, you're nothing. Right. Like some pretty strong comments about 
the point of the church is really love. Mm-hmm. Um, it's and, and he talks about so often about um, thanking God for their faith and their love that flowed from that faith, mm-hmm. which I think is significant. Yeah. Um, he actually, in a lot of ways, tampers down, especially in, in Corinthians, which seems to be one of the only churches that was like super extra charismatic. Right. He's actually like, calm down, guys. Right. The right. real point of this whole Christian thing is having love, true Christian love mm-hmm. in the church. Yeah. It's also interesting that, yeah, and this is a whole other potential conversation, but how in the in the Corinthian context, they had that explicit sin, like, really bad in their midst. Mm-hmm. And yet they're this church that's, that's known for, like, showing these, like, manifestations of the Spirit yeah. in some sense. So it's, it's really, I think it's really interesting in, help, in helping us prioritize some things mm-hmm. here. It's like, you can actually have some of these things going on while still having some really serious issues in your church you need to deal with. And yeah. those things, the fact that they were all speaking in tongues, say, did not mean that then that they, this is like a, the sin was dealt with in their church. Yeah. So I think that's something we, we should take. We should it doesn't consider. mean that the church is at a good place. I think right. people feel like if we could only have a revival, then we know that we're on track right. with our Christianity and with our, our church life. Mm-hmm. It's simply not the case. Well, especially, and this is not always what revival is, but especially if revival is something where it's like people who like, haven't been walking closely to God that suddenly um, suddenly are willing to consider that they need to take their lives, their Christian life seriously. And of course, that's a good thing for that to happen. Mm-hmm. But that's, if anything, that's a really negative reflection on how the church has been functioning up to that point. Yeah. And it is certainly not something that until we have like a long series of revivals, we're doomed to kind of be in this yeah, lackadaisical no, no. state till we have that hit. Lackadaisical. What did I say? I think you said lackadaisical. Oh, oops. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, absolutely. And if you if you have an attitude about church life that says, until we have this revivalist experience, um, we can't kick the sinners out of the church, have a clear, well, yeah, in in Paul's language, you know, like remove this, remove the leaven from your midst, the right. yeast that's corrupting you. Um, we can't experience true fellowship and Christian love. Of course you can and it's it's a let's say best case scenario it's an added benefit when you have a revival. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But at the end of the day, the goal is not to have revivals, but to it, but to be connected to God uh, constantly and to be in His Word and to be encouraging each other and living out a church life of of true love. Right. Mm-hmm. So I th- I think that's something that I I would just call us to really think about when we're you know, getting excited about a, a revival having, happening in Asbury. And it's like, wow, this is another work of God. Okay. Remember that the only true um, reason to look back historically and say that this is significant is if this actually impacts the things that Christians mm-hmm. have to care about uh, and, and the things we do care about, the things like uh, m- like caring about missions, like... Um, seeing people get saved in our communities around us, simply having a spiritual experience in a group is not enough to be something really excited about. Right. That's true. So uh, I guess that's some of our thoughts here as we're thinking about Asbury and, and also about uh, revivalism as it's been in, in varied forms in, um, in our churches. Yeah. All right. Well, see you next week. Mm-hmm.